We're turning to the scriptures once again and to Mark's gospel in the fifth chapter, Mark and chapter five. Mark chapter five. We'll read the same passage as we read last Lord's Day. And we'll begin at verse 15, uh, which is picking up the end of the account of the man who was possessed of devils in Gadara. And uh, I'm pick that up in verse 15. And they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coasts. When he was come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends, and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee, and hath had compassion on thee. And he departed, and began to publish in Decapolis, how great things Jesus had done for him, and all men did marvel. And when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him, and thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood twelve years, and had suffered many things of the many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse, when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind, and touched his garments. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Amen. We thank the Lord for this reading once again of his perfect word. We trust that the Lord will bless our understanding of it this day. Let's bow our heads and ask his help in our hearing and in our speaking also. Eternal God, we trust to thee the interpretation of these things. We thank thee that the disciples who heard the parable of the sower came to thee and asked thee what those things meant. And thou didst say, if you understand not these things, how will you understand all parables? And so, Father, we come to thee this day that we might understand these things and that we might understand all the scriptures, that we might in all things give thee the glory. We might recognize thee as sovereign in the heavens 
and that we might recognize thee as the God who is able to save to the uttermost all that come unto God through Jesus Christ. So bless us then, we ask thee, as we consider uh, this time also in the life of the Lord Jesus, and we pray that we might comprehend and that we might be strengthened in our faith to trust in thee and to know that thou art able. Lord, hear us then, we ask, and continue with us now in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to think with you concerning this woman who had the issue of blood uh, for 12 years. That's a long time to have such a problem. And uh, uh, she is someone we find who had tried everything. Uh, Well, perhaps not everything, but we don't know what else was available. But certainly she had tried everything she could find. And we see in verse 26 that she had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered but rather grew worse. So here's a woman then who's tried everything that she can afford. She has uh, sought out the physicians. She has sought out the doctors that she could find and everybody who had some uh, way that they said would help her. But nothing had, hurt, nothing had helped. Um, we don't know what kind of Uh, salves they might have given or what kind of uh, cures they suggested that she might use but we can see from what is written here in these so concise words that she had suffered many things of many physicians Uh, and so no no doubt many ideas and many thoughts have been given that would uh, stanch this flow uh, but nothing had worked now, over the last uh, couple of weeks, we've been thinking about the, uh, the parable of the sower and how that these things continue straight after that parable. I was going to preach on something else because I thought it was a harvest. Um, perhaps we should have a, a message on the harvest. But then I was thinking, well, we're talking about the sower and we're talking about the, uh, the fruit which comes forth. And so that is kind of about the harvest. So I'll just carry on uh, so that we don't split up these messages and have them over a number of uh, different weeks with things in between. But what I've said to you before concerning this is that in the parable of the sower in chapter 4, uh, we see that the Lord speaks of four different grounds. He speaks of the wayside, he speaks of the stony ground, he speaks of the thorny ground, and he speaks of the good ground. And what I was saying last week when we considered Jairus and his daughter uh, was that there is a parallel, it seems to me, in these miracles which follow after. A parable which turns on, the head, on its head uh, those very words of the Lord Jesus. And yet the Lord Jesus, I think, is showing that he is sovereign in every situation to turn even the most dire of situations into one of great prosperity. So if we are to connect these things together, we see that the wayside is uh, spoken of as the place where the Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the words that were sown in their hearts. The first of these miracles is of the demoniac of Gadara, and there Satan, no doubt, came straight away to take away the word from his heart. And yet the Lord Jesus was able to save him. And indeed, not only save him, but send him back to preach the gospel to his friends, as we see in verse 19. And tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee, and hath had compassion on thee. What we learn, of course, throughout these things is that God, we are not to give up because we think that someone is of a particular kind. 
that Christ is able to save to the uttermost all that come unto him through Jesus Christ. The second of these is Jairus, and we were considering this last Lord's Day. And the second of these grounds is the stony ground, who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And we saw there that there was an affliction uh, for the word's sake, because as he comes to Jesus and says that his daughter is at the point of death, and Jesus has already turned to come with him to see this daughter and to heal her, then this certain woman comes. So here is an affliction. Why does she come? Because she had heard of Jesus. Verse 27, so for the word's sake she had come. And so there is an affliction. And it, well, they may, we may think that's a kind of an oblique uh, uh, connection. Nevertheless, this is an affliction. And it is an affliction for the word's sake. And if he, he has no depth of earth, surely anything would turn him uh, from his trust in Christ. It would be this, that he was about to come. And then this woman comes and stops him from coming. And then in verse 35, we read that there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? He had no root. Therefore, he would have been overthrown there. And he didn't have a root particularly, which is spoken of, uh, except that Christ overruled in that situation. Because Christ says to him in verse 36, Be not afraid, only believe. And then he suffered no man to follow him, uh, but Peter and James and John, and he comes to the house and he raises the girl from the dead. But Jesus uh, steps in and overcomes in that situation. Never think that Christ is defeated because of what we are. Uh, here we have these four kinds of earth. And it seems that Jesus is saying, be careful what you hear and how you hear indeed he says that very thing in luke's gospel be careful how you hear listen carefully don't miss anything but that is not to say that christ is not able to save whomsoever he will save and so he heals both this uh, demoniac uh, from whom the word would immediately be taken by satan and he also heals this ruler of the synagogue, synagogue's daughter, who might easily, so easily have given up because, well, it was too late, wasn't it? He's dead. And now what, you can't do anything after that. Uh, that's the final thing. And yet, of course, Jesus can do something after that and raises her from the dead. So in that case, then, this woman who has the issue of blood for uh, the 12 years would correspond to those which are so sown among thorns. Again, in chapter 4, verse 18, these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word and the cares of this world. The word cares meaning anxieties, the anxieties of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in. Choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. And I would suggest that, again, uh, there is a parallel with this, uh, and in order, too, uh, because, of course, now we see that Jairus comes in, uh, even though the actual healing is after the woman, yet Jairus is inserted before the woman coming. So there is a continuity here, and you have to wonder why it's split in such a way. 
that here this woman comes and she is like this. So, first of all, I want to draw your attention to the fact that she is entangled with the cares of this world. She has the issue of blood of 12 years. She has suffered many things of many physicians and spent all that she had and was nothing bettered but rather grew worse. The anxieties of this world. And I would suggest to you that in in lots of ways the anxieties of health are the greatest of anxieties. There are many situations, of course, in the world uh, which which can cause us anxiety, not having enough money, bills coming in, we can't pay, uh, not, so, not somewhere to live, or, or all kinds of things can bring anxieties. But when we feel ourselves unwell, when we think to ourselves that, that, that this is just going to get worse, that there is no cure, that there is no end in sight, that it's going to bring about our death, all other things begin to pale. And although they may uh, pile on more pressure in the fact that if you can't work, you can't pay your bills and so on, but nevertheless, that, that thing of our, of our health, remember how the, the devil himself comes and stands before God concerning Job. And he had already taken away Job's family. He had taken away his sons and his daughters. He had taken away his possessions, the camels and the asses and so on. And then he says to God, but skin for skin, all that a man hath will he give for his own self. And so Satan knew that to touch the body is really to get close to the soul. It is to bring someone down to the very depths. And of course, God's uh, response to that was, well, he is in your hand, but only spare his soul. You're not allowed to kill him, but anything else is in your hand to do. And of course, he afflicts Job. And so here is this woman then, she is entangled with the cares of this world. She's worried about this. And we find that uh, she is so worried that she has suffered many things. Who knows what she tried? But of all of those things that she tried, nothing made it better. In fact, she was rather growing worse. And we find that she spent all that she had and was nothing bettered. So she kept on trying. Well, we'll try this. And this particular physician says that if I use this, it will heal me and I will be better. Drink this potion, eat that food, or whatever else it may be. And she tries it, and perhaps it has a bitter taste, uh, perhaps it makes her ill. We know that sometimes drugs, which might give, be given to us even in this day and age, uh, might have side effects for certain people and make them worse rather than better. In those days, who knows what might have been given for that issue. So she's entangled with the cares of this world. She uh, uh, hears the word, but she is amongst the thorns. And it's interesting that the Lord uses the word thorns. Perhaps sometimes we think of all the, all, all the nice things of the world which take our attention and how people are carried away with, uh, with money, with uh, the possessions that they have. But Jesus speaks of these things as thorns. They are goads. They are things which are sticking in you, things which are hurting you. And here this woman is entangled with the cares of the world. And then we can say that she is also enthralled with the need for funds. Uh, She had spent all that she had. And so she is constantly looking for ways to uh, pay for these treatments. uh, Treatments which are not actually helping her at all. 
And so funds are very important to her. We read again of this, uh, this, what, this uh, ground where uh, the, the seed is sown among thorns, and it says, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. Deceitfulness of riches. Because we kind of think that riches, if we had the money, it would solve all our problems. And so we begin to seek after money. And we can set aside all kinds of principles to get more money. And we think that the money will cure the situation. And here she is enthralled with the need for funds. And she has taken all that she had. She's used it to, to uh, gain some health back again. We have to keep in mind as well that this is just her body. This is the physical, the physical body of this world. One which is going to come to an end. One which is going to die. One which is going to be uh, laid in the earth and turned to dust. Uh, it is something which is not eternal. And yet everything is going into what she can do for this life. And isn't that a situation that we see all over the world, where spiritual things are put, as it were, on a back burner, or not even lit at all, because the things of this world are so important. And of the things of this world which are so important, the most important is our health, that we seek to recover from whatever it is that is afflicting us. It's not always the most important when we're healthy, of course. Uh, we're not, not uh, particularly careful in um, looking after ourselves, but once we begin, a, be, begin to become afflicted, uh, then our health means a lot to us and we need cures. And so she is enthralled with the need for funds. She is just like this. Uh, she is wrapped about with the thorns which are sticking into her. Uh, she needs funds in order to find someone else. There must be something out there that's going to help. Uh, she feels so ill, she feels so weak, and you can understand that she's probably anemic uh, and uh, that she has no strength, uh, and how she even gets funds, we're not told. But this is her situation. And then we can also say that she is inveigled with the promise of normality. She is, she is beguiled by these promises, and of course, the, the different physicians are saying to her, well, I have a cure for this. It will cost you such and such if you come for a consultation, consultation with me. And in those days, of course, there was no National Health Service, so you couldn't even get uh, what you can get today, uh, even though you have to wait for it a long time today. Uh, at least it's available at some point. But she had to pay and so everything was taken up with this need of funds to find this physician and that physician who, who perhaps someone has said, well, I can recommend a physician. I know someone who has done wonders for me. Uh, perhaps it was for a different thing, but nevertheless, they seem to be very good. And so uh, she is uh, taken away. She is beguiled. She is inveigled. She is in, uh, entangled with this promise of normality that she's going to be better and only better physically even then. It's not a promise of eternal life. It's, it's only a promise of not feeling ill. But she is taken up with it. And she had suffered many things of many physicians. It's an amazing thing, isn't it? What we will suffer of many physicians to be healthy. 
Uh, people, of course, have chemotherapy and radiotherapy. They lose their hair. They feel ill. They're, uh, they're, they're laid up for all kinds of uh, different things because of cancers or because of other things. And they're willing to go through all of those things for the health of their body. And yet they're not willing to come into the house of God to hear uh, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ for the health of their soul. And what is it but to sit and to hear and to, to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? We find this woman then, finally, as she comes to Christ, she doesn't even speak to him. So simple, so easy is this to come by faith and just touch his clothes. For she said, verse 28, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Now, of course, this was a physical healing. We can't guarantee that every person is going to be physically healed. That uh, is dependent upon the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the sovereign one in that situation. But he has promised this, that whosoever uh, will believe on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so the promise of salvation the promise that he will deliver us from the bondage of sin and bring us into eternal life. A healing indeed. That when we are raised from the dead, we have no corruption. Where there is no sickness, where there are no tears, where there is blessing forevermore. All of these things are found in Jesus Christ. And she says, if I may touch but his clothes... Well, she was willing to suffer many things of many physicians for her flesh. And so are many in this world. But they're not willing to hear the words of the Lord Jesus Christ for their souls. She spent all that she had, suffered many things. And then she comes, she has come to the end of herself, perhaps. I mean, uh, Mark writes that she had spent all that she had. She was spent. She was out of funds. She was out of options. She didn't have anything left. And she says, If I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And so it is so often the Lord brings us to that situation where we're out of options. Uh, how many we hear of who have taken their own lives because they felt that they were out of options. And yet there was another option which they never tried. And that is to call upon the name of the Lord. And how we need to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ that people know to do so. That they might call upon him. That they might say, if I may touch buddy's clothes, I shall be whole. And so she comes. And she comes in the press of people and she touches garment for she said if I may touch body's clothes I shall be whole and straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt or as the margin has she knew in her body that she was healed of that plague Jesus felt better immediately and Jesus says who touched my clothes it's amazing, really. I, I can quite understand why, why the disciples uh, answered him 
But you see the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou who touched me? And in fact, he didn't say who touched me. He said, who touched my clothes? That is amazing. Because if someone touches your clothes, might brush past you in a store, you may not even feel it. We know that there are some who are able to pick your pockets and you don't feel it. And yet Jesus knew that virtue was gone out of him. He knew that someone had been healed. And so he turns in the midst and he, verse 32, looking round about to see her that had done this thing. The woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. See, it's not enough just to come and, and touch Jesus and receive that healing or that salvation. There is a communion Therefore, a communion with Jesus Christ after this. And she comes and uh, as she touches him and the power to deliver her flows from him to her and she is healed. That's not enough. But Jesus wants to look her in the eye. He wants to have a fellowship. He wants to have a communion with her. He wants to connect with her that she might go on with him. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Here is the promise of the gospel in our day that the Lord is able to heal to the uttermost. We have said that she is like that seed, the word which is sown among the thorns, where there are the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of other things. And many people are taken up with those things. But that doesn't mean that Christ is unable to save them. We need to pray for them. We need to tell them the gospel. Perhaps we need to tell them this very story. That they might hear of Jesus Christ and call upon him. So she is elated by the sovereign grace of God. That he is able to save to the uttermost all that come unto him. And just the touching of his clothes was enough that was what she had in her mind if I may touch Buddy's clothes of course Jairus had come and had spoken to him the man in the gatherings uh, he comes and cries out what have I to do with thee Uh, but this woman she is so demure coming into the presence of Christ she just touches his clothes. But that's not enough. Jesus turns and looks upon her. And she tells him all the truth. We need to tell the Lord all the truth. And sometimes people can be ashamed of their lives and what they have been and what they have done in their lives. But there is nothing we have done that God does not already know. There is nothing that we cannot, cannot speak to him about. There is nothing that we cannot confess And he understands it. There is nothing which we can have done that if we come to him and touch him, he is unable to heal. May the Lord bless his word to us and that all who hear it might trust in Jesus Christ for salvation. Amen.